Hi, this is James Rousseau, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of The Coiling Solution, where we look to empower you through awareness and actionable insights. There are so many ways to enter into business ownership, and on this episode, I'm linking up with Ricky Regalado, owner of Rosaldo Cleaning. With a growing career in the finance and services industry, specifically the mortgage business, Ricky transitioned into business ownership by purchasing a business from someone else. Since that time, he's become a serial entrepreneur with ownership in three different companies. During our conversation, he shares insights on the early days after acquiring the business, the mistakes he's learned from, and how he has grown the company from five employees to over 200 over the past five years. He delves into how he manages the company as a family business, as well as the exciting road ahead. Ricky is a go-getter, so sit back, listen up, as we're about to link up with Ricky Regalado. All right, welcome to another edition of the CoreLink Solution. Happy to be here with Ricky Rogalato from Rosalato Cleaning Services, and that's just one of the entities that he happens to be uh, the owner of. He is a serial entrepreneur. Uh, he describes himself that way, and I'm, I'm really happy to have him, uh, have him here. Uh, we're going to talk to Ricky about a number of different things he's doing. So, Ricky, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, James. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming out on this bright not sunny, rainy day. <laughs> hey, hey, I got to drive by the lake shore. I don't get to drive by the lake shore all the time. So yeah. I, uh, I enjoyed the drive up. Thank you. So we're here at the Kellogg School of Management. I want to give them a shout out for uh, giving us the, uh, the facility or, or use of the facility to record. Um, so, Ricky, tell us about uh, what you've been doing, man, over, over the past couple of years with your business. Uh, I just just been having fun, man. I've been having fun. I, uh, I took the, the jump into entrepreneurship about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, I did the... The corporate world, I did, you know, I was in the mortgage business, I was in real estate, I was in screen printing, I, mm. a lot of different industries that I, I think, I think because it, it, it built me to the, be the person that I am today. But I, uh, six years ago, took the plunge. Uh, my cousin kept annoying us every Thanksgiving, Christmas, mm-hmm. every family get together to take over his cleaning business. Um, he had a franchise, it was a cover off franchise. So, I don't know anything about the cleaning business. I don't know anything about owning a business. Right. Neither does my wife. She was a makeup artist at Mac for nine years. So for two years, he kept bothering me, kept bothering kept me. Kept pounding He's like, you know, Rick, you know, we're going to go to Mexico. I want to leave this to the family. Right. I'm like, you know, dude, I don't know anything about running a business, let alone cleaning. I barely clean my own house. Right. <laughs> so, but we did it. My wife was very frustrated at work. She was mm. not happy. I mm. seen it in her face. Uh, every time she'd come home, she just, she needed something different. And I wasn't really going anywhere in the mortgage business anymore. It was, you know, with the the industry itself hitting the marks that it hit, I was kind of at a wit's end with it too. So we said, let's do it. She quit her job. Cold turkey, I quit. I mean, we we literally... I mean, we only have ourselves to to be worried about, so we didn't have any kids or any you so know, you didn't pets like or anything. Ease into it, you no. guys. Cold turkey, tur- turn the knob, went right into it. Yeah, I mean, it literally was a three week turnaround of me asking some advice, you know, getting a business loan. Right. Uh, I took some money out. She took some money out her four hundred one k, and we bought the business for forty grand. Okay. Um, what were you doing? Uh, you said you were doing the mortgage industry, right? Yeah. What were you doing? Uh, so I was a senior mortgage banker at uh, Bird and Warner Real Estate. Okay. So it was uh, key mortgage was like the subsidiary, on, you know, branched within all the real estate offices. Right. But it, it went from, you know, the heyday of everybody was making money, right? I, I, then it hit the boom, you know. So then it was like real life. Hey, it was great while it lasted. Um, everything got very strict. Guidelines got strict. 
um, which it should have been right that industry, you know, thank God they're recovering now, but it, it was just, I was capped, you know, I was really capped at, at what I could do and my potential. I kept every job I did. I really was like, man, what if I was the owner, I would do this. Right. I would do this different. So I, I was okay with that change. You were ready to move. I was ready to make a move. But you were making decent money. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, we were was, fine. This yeah, was 2011 well, or so, so it was after. Yeah, yeah 2012. 2012. Yeah. So this was after the crisis, so we yeah. were back in kind of decent condition. And so talk about the the early year, you know, the first year or so. What was transition like? Because assuming a business from someone, that's a whole host of challenges in and of itself. The delicacies of dealing with family members, right? Oh, yeah. Um, like you said, even in the mortgage business, you had a point of view of how you would run things differently. So you probably saw the same thing in assuming the business from a family member. What was that like, the first year transition? So, I mean, literally, first and foremost, I, we, we had the loan that we took out, right? So right away, we were in debt right. from the from the first minute. And again, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. My wife was was a manager at her location that she was you know working at but it was literally a year and a half of struggle because first month i realized started doing numbers i said you know wow this is not what it seemed you know on paper it looked like my cousin was making 10 11,000 a month after taxes after labor after gas we were driving an hour and a half to huntley where all the locations were so i didn't even take that into consideration um, a lot of rookie mistakes that i made but the good thing was it really built us with the experience that we needed to know about the industry itself. Because at first it was, you know, Marley, we're going to do this, right. you know, learn it real quick. I'm going to go find another job. You find another job. And right. we'll, we'll let this little business make us money on the side. It'll always be a side business. Right. Year and a half of Jimmy John's, Dunkin' Donuts, 16-hour days. I was like, well, wait a minute. I'm like, all this effort we're putting in. You know, I did, I left once. I left once, let her run it for a little bit for like, I think three weeks to a month. I was like, what am I doing? You know, like we have something that we can build on. Uh, we didn't lose any accounts. We lost one client. Uh, other than the driving back and forth and us having to do the physical labor, I started to, to kind of see like, this could be lucrative. Like if you do it right, you know, like I, I realized the franchise model was not for me. I was already in sales. I knew the sales business. Because I, what I did is I bought one account from the franchise, and I saw, wait a minute, you know they're gonna, this account pays uh, fifteen hundred a month. They want to charge me three and a half times that for just finding me the account. I'm like, I'm, I'm it's gonna take me a year to pay this account back. So I says, uh, you know, thank you for the opportunity of learning as much as I did from you guys, but we're gonna build our own brand. So that's where Rosalado kind of, we get, there was legs underneath it. Uh, we, I was, I came from screen printing too. So I had my best friends owned a great screen, screen printing company in Pilsen. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, let's just do our own thing, Marley. My father was with us. Uh, my aunt was with us, my cousin. It was, it was a family business, which like you touched on earlier, family at first was not that hard. A little sensitivity. Yeah. Well, at first it wasn't really that hard because we were working alongside with them. Everybody had really the same responsibility. Hey, here's your territory. This is your schedule. Stick to it. When I said we need employees, you know, if this is going to be a business and I'm not going to go work and make any money anywhere else, this needs to provide for us. So really it was a crash course on hiring employees, starting to have to deal with insurance policies, uh, learning what the, what the pay rates should be, learning right. what net profits should be. I mean, yeah. I took some business courses, but I didn't really take business courses on how to run a business. I was going to ask you that, right? Because we're, we're sitting in Kellogg School of yeah. Management, right? So a lot of times people have this thing of, um, 
I, I heard this quote the other day, right? Because there's always this balance of, you know, how much studying are you doing before you get started versus acting and just getting started, right? And I saw this the other day. Uh, Robert on the Shark Tank said it. He said it so well. He said, you know, if I knew everything I knew now about business, I may have never started my business. I'm glad I didn't know it because it, it just allowed me to act. If I knew everything, I may not have started if I knew how hard it was going to be. Right? Yep. So there's probably some truth to that. You, do you believe there's some truth to that statement? Oh, 100%. Okay. I mean, because, like I said, I, I came from not knowing the business. And in school, that's one of the things I regret is I didn't really take advantage of school, right? I I took It took me five and a half years to graduate. I went to four different high school, or colleges. Mm. I played basketball. That's My my whole mentality was I'm going to go to school to be a sports agent. Gotcha. That would that ended real quick. Mm-hmm. No Jerry <laughs> but, Maguire. But, yeah, <laughs> real fast. But I would have taken some other classes and stuff like that. But I like you said, I, mm-hmm. I don't think nothing can prepare you yeah. for it. And if if I knew how hard it was gonna be, mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. You know, like it that first you, year. I think it makes you seize up a little bit, right? And you may yeah. over prepare. Let me ask you this, um, because you said a couple things. One, you know, a lot of times people debate on how, how much savings you should have, right? Yeah. You have six months of savings and because preparing for no payment to come to you out of the business, twelve mm-hmm. months, whatever. How'd you guys think about that? I literally we I mean we took all our money out. So we didn't, we didn't said, have yeah. Hey, this is cash flow positive. You can yeah. count on it. So you said, "Oh yeah." I cool. looked at the bank statements again, right. rookie. Right? I'm looking at the bank <laughs> statements. I'm like, "Man, this is ten thousand a month, right. ninety thousand a year, right. hundred thousand almost." I'm like, "I make like fifty, sixty. My wife makes like forty right now." I'm like, right. "We're we're moving right into Just flip over." Yeah, and and we could hit the ground running. Right. But that wasn't that, wasn't the that case. was not the, that case. Was not the case. You know, that's not okay. incorporating the like I said, drive costs, supply right. costs, so many things that now. I, I know and I keep track of, but savings wise, we took all our money out. We didn't have any money. You know, we, our rent at the time was like, I think 2000 a month. We were profiting like 1500. So we were always, we were learning how to literally live in, I guess, at Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast, Jimmy John's for lunch for almost two years straight. Got it. Well, you didn't go as low ramen noodles, so I'm no. not feeling too bad for you. Okay. No, no. All right. So Didn't let me not. ask you this. Um, in terms of the, uh, you mentioned the business loan. So talk about how, how difficult it was or not to secure the business loan. Were you able to use his previous financial yeah. flows to help get the business loan? So that that, that's something that I, I, I tell my family right now, anybody that I talk to that's you know on the, in the younger um, stages in their life trying to think about businesses is it is hard. It sucks. You know, every, it's a catch-22. Right. You, can't, you can't get a loan if you don't have existing business or existing proof of, of a concept or income. Um, but then when you do, it's still difficult to get the to go with the direct traditional financial institutions. I got lucky though. I mean, I, I met the right banker at the right time. Uh, Wintrust, Village Bank of Trust is like a subsidiary of of Wintrust. They're they're for the small business model. I having the existing tax returns helped, the existing bank statements. So that was actually a blessing okay. that I did it that way. Did you have other no's before you got to Wintrust? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, went, I mean, I first went to Chase, Fifth Third, okay. uh, Bank of America. Your, so the your big bigger guys bank, your bigger no. guys said no. Got it. They said no. Uh, my credit score wasn't exactly where it needed to be. I didn't have any real estate. So though, to this day, it's still important to get some of those, you know, high credit report scores, you know, get some debt to show that you can pay debt. But I definitely, I, now my banker was invited to my wedding. He is my right—he's my right-hand guy for all of my text messages. As far as hey, I'm growing, I'm growing. Are you guys ready? 
can you grow with me? Uh, you know, every six months we have our meeting. He's like, Rick, where are you at? You know, how much more new business did you did you drive up? He's one who advised me to get into the maintenance services because he said having service income, you know, that people that pay you right there and then, we need that as an institution to show, hey, you're bankable. Yeah. You know, these contract clients are great, but we know they're paying not, ter- not right. terms. Wow. So, so you I learned from him. You learned really. from him. So he's become a friend. Yeah. And you've been with him now. You said you started, what, 2012? 2012. So 2012. since then. So I haven't six left. Six years later, you been, guys. Been pitched to go to other banks, you know, but right. I'm, I'm fine. I, you know, are there now with the new app that I'm building and, right. and some of the new stuff we're getting into, the traditional route may be tough because yeah. they can only grow with you so much. Yeah. You know, like I can't tap into him every month. Right. He's like, Rick, six to nine months, come back to me. We'll up the credit line. Right. We'll look for other avenues, but there's limitations. Right. I think one of the differences um, that you're pointing out is different than being a consumer, uh, where you may want you know national access and these big rails. When you're a small business, you need partners. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, you need partners you, you can depend on. So don't go. Don't think about big names. Think about somebody who's going to be with you, yeah. grinding with you. Yeah. Those yeah. big names. I mean, they're great on the personal level. Right. Right. Yeah. Like you said, perfect example is you as a as a person. I have Chase for right. personal. They're great. Their technology is phenomenal. Right. Uh, their online banking is great. But for small business, you got to go to small community bank. You know, just because they, they can take the risk. Mm-hmm. You know, where bigger banks, they don't care to take the risk. You know, but you don't want, I mean, you don't want to go is, because like I get it every day in the mail, mm-hmm. is all these online lenders mm-hmm. that pitch mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. I feel like they just want to get you into debt. You well, know, a lot of them have extremely high, high interest rates. rates high right? rates. They're looking yeah. for you to trip. Oh yeah, trip they're looking up. for you to miss that payment. Yeah. To get stuck, to yeah. have to catch up. Yeah. You know, and I've been lucky. You know, knock on wood, I've been lucky to, to not have to go all that route. Even though I think about it, right. you know, American Express merchant line comes in. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> you, payroll's getting it's, it's tempting. getting high. It's like, tempting. Yeah, it's tempting. Yeah, it's it tempting. You've done a number of different businesses. I know you're on a, a growth trajectory. Just to give people a perspective, so you started back then. You, your wife. Maybe an employee or two. Yeah. You've grown the company to how many employees now? Yeah. So we started with four people. Um, my cousin as well. Little backstory real quick on that too. I'd, I always like to touch on this subject because uh, it's dear to our heart and, and our family is my cousin, which you see on my shirt, he was supposed to be more a part of the business. But unfortunately, about six months in, his wife got diagnosed with cancer. Oh, sorry. So that. she had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. They were, it was supposed to be like a power duo couple right his wife introduced me to my wife there was a whole big family thing where her being diagnosed they couldn't really get involved anymore so six months into it he was not as involved as i'd like him to be so i think we would be even bigger now if he was um she passed away right two years in two years after that so we always you know we support breast cancer it's a big thing of our of our um charitable donations and stuff Mm -hmm. that we do and she's always a part of our life where now he's starting to get back into it, right? right? Now the Rosalado name is starting to get back the Rosa part, right? right? But it started with four, five, six of us. Now we're at 250 employees. Uh, we were just in one state. Now we're in six states. Wow. We're about to enter our seventh and eighth mm-hmm. going into next uh, about Q4 of this year. But that's all due to our culture because it's still family-based. You know, every even though I still try to incorporate corporate structure you know i i got my cousin who gives pushback he's like rick you know i know you're all about technology and you know plateauing this to the to the or projecting this to the next level he's like but it, remember it's still family you know like we still have to have that personal touch 
but I still feel you can have that service and still have corporate structure, right? I mean, you have to, if you want to get to the next level and, and intrigue the, the bigger corporate clients and get the multi 30, 40, 50 location clients, yes. you got to have that process there. I mean, they, they care about where you come from, but they, I mean, they have businesses to run. You well, know, they the they things, need to know they're in good hands. Yeah. One of the things I enjoy, you know, early on, one of our first conversations when we were scheduling this is when I called you, um, you had just told me you, you guys had just had another, uh, again, congrats again, another uh, birth in a family and uh, you were getting your wife situated. And then I think um, uh, one of the young ladies who worked at your office had just recently had uh, a birth or something. Yeah. Right? She's still, well, she's, I think she's seven months now. Seven she's, months. She's going on seven months. And pregnant. you had given her uh, extra time off and whatnot. We were just talking about oh, yeah. that. Right. And yeah. one of the things I think you had said, now I'm paraphrasing. So you correct me if you need to, was that, you know, there's, there's regulatory and FMLA and things that happen in companies, but then there's just doing what's right yeah. and feeling like you need to do what's right. And you lean on the side of just doing what's right. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I could give her a standard FMLA, but I'm giving X amount of time because that's what I feel is right to get your child going, et cetera, right? And that's one of the things about uh, entrepreneurship um, that it allows you to do. Yeah. Doing what's right that you feel you need to do for your business, for the culture you're trying to establish, et cetera. That's just a big pro oh, yeah. um, of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, you, I mean, I set the rules. Right. I mean, my wife sets the rules. I, I, we have so much family involved. They, everybody wants to tell you what's right. Well, you know, Hey, you're supposed to do it like this. Right. According to this policy, right. according to my policy, I can really do what I want to do. Right. right. I mean, yes, there's the like legal terms that you're supposed to follow, which we always do. Right. right. We have workman's comp. We offer health insurance. We do all the things we're supposed to, sure. but that doesn't mean we can't go above and beyond, sure. you know, like, uh, Rick, you you know you buy shirts for everybody. You know uniforms. They're supposed to pay for them. No, they don't have to pay for them. Uh, like you said, Betsy, who's our, she's gonna be our office manager. You know we have this big role played out for her, uh, but she's seven months pregnant, so she's gonna take some time off. Right. Uh, are we supposed to give her more than two weeks? Because she's not even technically she hasn't even been with us for a year yet. Gotcha. She's almost at about 10, 11 months. But I, I want her to come back, right? So she does very good. At, she's very good at what she does. Mm-hmm. You need a month, go take a month. Right. You know, you need six weeks, go ahead. I can't pay for six weeks, but right. I'll pay for four. Right. But right. I, do take I have to? Need. No, I don't have to. But right. I tell everybody, is, we don't have to do anything. You know, we can do what we want to do. Right. You know, I have my cousin works for, you know, Northern Trust Bank. The guy has a phenomenal career. Mm-hmm. Like, I take his advice very, you know, very personal. Um, and there's certain things that I know he would like us to do, but I don't. You know, I, I, I know there's things I'm probably doing that go against the rules as far as the right way to run a business to who, who says the right, the right way. Right. But it's, it's funny cause everybody has their, their say, everybody has their opinion. I just, I love proving people wrong. You know that, Oh Rick, you know, you got too much family. That's not great. Yeah. But they got my back. You know, like last night we, uh, we serviced village of Oak park. Uh, we had a team call off at like 8 PM. Who's there answering the phone and making sure things are going to be okay is my aunt. Right. You know, my aunt's on the phone at 9.30 p.m. texting this person, messaging. You know, as great as we are on top of our stuff, things pop up. You know, we, we have to figure things out and be proactive. So I've got my best friend out in the field running my operations, thinking of things, how to fix this. I have my aunt answering phone calls at 9.30. She shouldn't have to be. Right. You know, my mom's doing... HR things at 1030 at night. She doesn't have to like who, who else is going to do that? You know, family, 
family does that for you. You know, I, um, and not that my non-family member employees don't do that, because they do. I mean, I got this guy, Sal, who lives and breathes Rosalato. He's a strong Italian accent. I've, I, if there was a reality show, it would be on him in our, in our <laughs> office. Uh-huh. He just, everything he does is Rosalato. He'll be at the cafe eating with the truck outside. Somebody will ask him a question. He's got cards, brochures. Doesn't really, doesn't know everything about what we do, right. but he's a salesman to heart because he just loves, he loves the business. Yeah, yeah, his son works with us. His nephew works with us. So, so now you're expanding again. Oh, yeah. so, so talk about what your uh, the new venture. Yeah, so the new venture is Rosa Route. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still working on the name though. I, I think there might be too much Rosas going on in there. But <laughs> uh, so I hired a CTO about four weeks ago. I've got a head of product. He's been with me for about a year. Mm-hmm. Another kid who, I mean, I met him at 1871. Mm-hmm. He is, I think he's 27, 20, 28 years old. Came from a corporate job. Should be getting paid double, probably of what he's getting paid, mm-hmm. but loves us, loves what we do, was supposed to be part-time, came into the office, probably four weeks in, he's like, I'm, dude, I'm here, full-time. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm building an app, he's building an app himself, he's like, I'm done, I put it on the side, I want to build this thing with you, we've got something really good here. So what the app is, it's a data-driven app, uh, for, first for phones, but we're going to go into, the goal is smartwatch. So being in this industry now for like five years, I've, I've figured out that, I mean, as much as technology is everywhere in this world and every, it's hitting every industry, uh, in the commercial cleaning building service industry, it's, there's still a lot of lack of technology. Three years ago, up until three years ago, I was using landlines for our employees to punch in and punch out. So if you could imagine that, an employee is going to a bar right. to clean and they're picking up that landline to call in, I'm here, right. and then when they leave to call out, they're, they're gone. Very archaic. You know, before that, I was doing paper timesheets. So we, not that there's not technology that you can't do clock-ins and clock-outs. There is plenty of them now. Plenty of inspection apps. Plenty of inventory apps. Plenty of operational apps. But what we decided is there's, there's great technology that exists to run your operations. We run, we run on an app called Swept. Okay. Great partners. We're big advocates of them. But we saw a couple of gaps in what they have. That we we're like, you know what? Why, why can't we build something? Right. You know. So what the app is going to do? It's three main features. It's the walkthrough, building, workflow building, and a community portal. Gotcha. So the walkthrough is very important in our industry. I, a lot of people don't. They don't really like highlight it hmm. when they're when they're talking about our business. Uh, but for me, it's important. I'm coming to Northwestern. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a walkthrough of this layout. I'm gonna hit every floor. I'm going to take pictures of the carpet, pictures of the desk, pictures of the vents, the bathrooms, the kitchen break room, uh, do a count of all the, the garbage cans. I got to make sure I get the floor types, the square footage. There's a lot of touch points that you have to touch on where we're used to, you know, notes on your Apple phone. Um, you're used to uh, just like a probably a clipboard. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you have a tablet, right. let's say you're typing away on your tablet. Right. All that information, though. Is, is not stored anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you save it in a file in your tablet, it's still not relevant to, you have to go and recreate a work schedule, right? So what we're doing is in the app, you are going to take pictures of everything, all, section by section, uh, make all the bullet points of all the tasks. You're done with the walkthrough. If you win that job, you can now cre- put that work fl- or walkthrough into workflow. So workflow, another big feature, another big aspect of the cleaning and maintenance industry. 
So to give you an idea is if I say, James, you are assigned to Northwestern, this is your building, uh, here's your work schedule. Right now what you'll see is probably a janitor cart here, I guarantee you, here in, in, this, in this building, there's probably a janitor cart with a clipboard that has a checklist. Uh, as you look in the restaurants behind the bar or behind the doors, there's checklists to say, hey, you know, clean this, clean that, clean this, sign out. But there's no data behind there. You know, it's all, it's, there's an unknown In to, terms of how to do it, sequence-wise? Well, sequence-wise mm -hmm. on what the best route is, right? Or the best free efficiency route. Okay. Or just the fact that you're, it's accountable. Yeah. That you're accountable that you did those tasks. Okay. Uh, just because you check off, how do I really know you did it, though? Right. You know, so what we want to do is create timestamps with that. Mm. So we're going to build uh, a workflow schedule into the app. So mm. now that walkthrough has now turned into a workflow. So everything's being pushed, right, into, into one after the other. The workflow, though, is to give you a quick snapshot is, let's say there's in here there's bathrooms, kitchen, general office area. You would start the time clock in the kitchen and when you're done with the kitchen. In the bathroom, start, end. So what our goal is in a month to get averages, right? So I know it may, we're going to get pushback. We're going to get my cleaners are going to be like, Rick, are you kidding me? Like, I got to do start and start. That's why we're doing section by section, though. So it's not as granular because if you do task by task, yeah, you're expecting too much, right? There's people have an eight-hour shift. They don't have time to consistently have to be doing that. So we figured section by section. You know, if you're in charge of the bathrooms, let's say there's two bathrooms, you start when you start at the bathroom, and then when you're done with the bathroom, you end. Yep. So what we want to do is get time, right? So then if James... The next morning says, Rick, I feel like the bathrooms were missed. Right. You know, my rebuttal right now and everybody's rebuttal is, uh, let me check with the team. Right. I check with the team. I come back. It's a he said, he said, she said. There's no numbers or data behind right. it. Where if I went back and I said, oh, you know, hey, uh, Matesh, check out Rosa route real quick. Right. Tell me how long James spent in the bathroom. Oh, it says he was there for six minutes. What's his average? Right. The, you know, get... So we're going to have to get somewhere first, but mm -hmm. what's his average? Oh, usually he's in there for 13 minutes. There you go. He was in and out half the time. Hey, client, I'm sorry. Looks like we were in and out too quickly. Um, let me credit that you. That was a jest. Let me credit right. you. Exactly. So yeah. there's some yeah. basis. It's like you know? taxonomy, like back yeah. from your corporate days. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. There, there's, there's a basis to go off of. Yeah. You know? So that's that part, and it's cool because we're going to have engagement between the cleaners because mm -hmm. believe it or not, the janitorial industry, people may think it's you know low minimum wages, blue collar, mm -hmm. low 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 type of job that somebody never doesn't need mm -hmm. uh, technology, doesn't need an education. Right. I I beg to differ. Yeah, yeah, I disagree. Some of my techs probably know more about technologies than some of the people that are out in other jobs. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, the last piece is community portal, which I I'm seeing people are gravitating to as a very inspirational, empowering, and like humanitarian part where mm. I didn't even think of this. I was just, hey, we're building just a portal just to give a cleaner a profile page, let them snap a picture, mm. you know, maybe customize the screen a little bit. But what we want to do is empower them to say, hey, you are a carpet cleaning technician. You are my, you know, uh, restaurant cleaning tech. Instead of just cleaner, the word cleaner, right. let's throw that out and call these people technicians. That's going to be a way with all that data that we have on the workflow side is to be able to now start to get some efficiency ratings, you know, to say, hey, you passed 10 out of 10 inspections. You are a 96% cleaner. Kudos to you. Uh, get to a certain 
uh, rewards point goal mm, mm. that say 1,000 points gets you a dinner for you and your husband. Uh, 5,000 points gets you free tutoring class for a week for your kid. Have goals. Will the you know, clients be able to see this too? Say it again? Will your clients be able to see this or just, uh, clients just internal can. to well, your... I, Now I'm seeing that clients want to see it, right? Got One it. of our clients is Pinterest. We clean Pinterest office downtown. Got it. I I didn't even know my Joe, who's our head of product. He, uh -huh. So we sent him in the field. All my tech, all the technology guys, even the CTO tonight is going to clean. Got it. He, he wants to see, see process what, and... what the process is of cleaning. Right. So Joe was at Pinterest. We we're doing a deep cleaning. We we're videotaping because I do a lot of videography of our people in the field because, again, I want to show them, like, we're highlighting you guys. Right, right. On my website is going to be you guys, not us. You know, we want to showcase who you guys are. He started showing the app, which is not even done yet. I'm like, dude, what are you do? don't show them the app. We're not done yet. <laughs> so he showed the client uh -huh. the app, and she was like, you know what? As soon as you guys are done, show me this. Yeah. I'm going to have the other offices make sure those cleaning companies have this app. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, you that's, know what it does? that's an avenue yeah. they don't even think about. Absolutely. Well, she's like, you know what? Because we care about our our staff. Right. So Pinterest is actually one of the clients that really showed me how clients are going to care about this because right. they actually asked me to show them how much I'm paying the team member that's cleaning their facility. Right. Do I offer them health insurance? Do I offer them 401k? Right. Do I pay for their uniform? Am I paying for their gas? So I was like, oh my, what? I've never great. been asked this before. That's great. So th they care so much about who is servicing. I'm a third party vendor. Right. I I really don't need to show them everything, right. but I won't win the account if I don't. Right. So for them to go above and beyond to care about who their vendors right. and how their vendors operate, right. I was like, I should put all that in the community. I should put that in the profile. That's great. Yeah. Well, you know what you did? You just, you just brought your team out of the shadows, right? Because yeah. a lot of time these services are allowed to be in the shadows and, and folks walk by them almost like they're not there. Yeah. Right? And now you just humanized it oh, in yeah. such a way where – is right front and center and a part of their team. And it's, it's, a, it's an extension of their team, right? And, yeah. and the people who are really, quote, unquote, human speak to the folks who are helping them every day like that. Oh, right? yeah. you, you know the people. As you're leaving during the day, you say, hey, Rose, good to see you, so on and so forth, right? And, and these people become friends over time, right? Yeah. So that's great. That's a great idea. Well, let me ask you this. As we kind of wrap up. Um, you know, what, what would you, um, you know, and I know it's still kind of fresh, but if you were going back and, and could uh, – Give, give the younger you some advice. What would that advice be? And maybe it's, it's the, the first year entrepreneur you or maybe even yeah. younger. What, what advice? Uh, I mean, some of the stuff I preach to even the young guys in our office right mm -hmm. now is, you know, I, I'm very lenient on stuff, mm -hmm. but just show me that you're proactive, mm -hmm. right? Have a proactive attitude because being proactive is going to put you ahead of the game with a lot of other people because a lot of people are just, they're just content with stuff, right? They don't, they feel like they're just supposed to do what they're supposed to do. You know, show me my job description. Okay, that's all I'm doing. Right. No, don't do that. You know, um, another main thing is own it. Mm. That I, I, I believe I'm where I'm at today because I owned every job that I did. And I finally figured out when I was doing those jobs, hey, I want to do it for myself. Right. You know, because if you own it, that means that you can be accountable for a lot more stuff. That means that a boss like me can say, hey, man. You, dude, I, I don't even need to show you anything. Like, you completely came in here, took control of the entire department or that role. You actually created more efficiencies, better things than I was doing. I mean, you're, you're here. Exactly. You know, what do you need from me? Absolutely. I mean, that's because then you're going to, you're really going to stick out. Absolutely. I mean, no matter what you do, you're going to stick out. Absolutely. Ownership is big. One of my favorite books uh, we read as a leadership team at uh, Legal Shield when I was on the leadership team there is uh, Extreme Ownership. 
by uh, I think it's Jocko Willink, which is a great book, uh, underscoring a lot of the points you just talked about. Uh, okay. Dream ownership. Great I got to read it. Yeah, it's a great book. Uh, last question for you, because this this program is all about uh, empowering people with awareness and actionable insights. We love to have people on like you. Thank you so much. It's just just great insights from a entrepreneurship perspective and love the points around the transition and some of the things to look out. Um, we always like to ask people, who else do you know that you think we should know? Who 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 else do you think we should bring on this I program? Mean, I got um, a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. But just, no, just one or two yeah. you might you might think about. So no, I mean I and and just driving up here I was thinking about how I want to create a Chicago entrepreneur channel or Chicago entrepreneur group because mm-hmm. I feel we the small business world is what's the the foundation of right. of the Absolutely. working economy, right? So I I surround myself around a lot of other entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a kid named Josh Lopez owns a plumbing company and it's service industries like that that right. don't get as much recognition because you're just like, oh, it's just a service industry, one van, one truck on the street. This guy's got, I mean, ton, ten plus million dollar company. Right probably 20, 25 guys working, started as a plumber himself and is just rocking out. I mean, the guy is killing it right now. You know, another guy, another guy is this kid, Brian, Brian Mavriganis. He owns a company called Option One Energy. Another hustler, right? Started off getting one. So what he does, I, and these are people that can tell you exactly what they do. But from what I know is it's energy procurement. You know, uh, like the lighting, mm. retrofitting of light fixtures and stuff like that. Gotcha. Energy utility savings. Okay killing it yeah. started with a couple of hotel chains now the guy is all over the country right small businesses yeah. are employing the large majority of, of yeah. people in america yeah. and, and they don't get the uh they don't the get credit it. due yeah. often we i got another it. two or another group that as another family entity mm-hmm. is these guys called uh rich nick joey santo mm-hmm. and then carlo right more best friends started with a retail 500 square foot screen printing shop with one machine they're 50,000 square feet, work with Live Nation, Universal, Sony, right. and they've got probably 100 employees killing, killing the screen printing game, right. right? But these are all younger generation that Love we it. all decided, let's do things our own. Love it. You know? I'm going to ask you to make some introductions. For and, sure. Um, and so, uh, so as we wrap, uh, we'd love to people to understand how to get in touch with you. Well, what, what the, the six states you operate in, what are the six states? So we're here in Illinois, Indiana, um, Wisconsin, Michigan, Soon to be Pennsylvania, Texas, and Ohio. Okay, and what's the easiest way to get in touch with you? Your website, I guess. Yeah, website. So you should call or check out www.rosalatocleaning.com. So that's R O Z A L A D O cleaning.com. And the new app is going to be rosarout.com. So R O Z A R O U T E. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for being with us, Ricky. And uh, guys, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the CoreLink Solution. Thank you for linking up with me for another episode of The Coiling Solution. You are informed and empowered, and now you can be accountable. To recap some key points from Ricky. Number one, getting started. He mentioned balancing jumping in versus preparing. I've heard this for a number of entrepreneurs. Sometimes you can spend so much time getting prepared, you jump into a cycle of getting prepared. At some point, you must jump in. Number two, 
loans. Ricky mentioned that you may want to steer your attention towards smaller banks in terms of getting approval, as well as having an ability to develop those relationships. And number three, the last point was around Ricky's attitude, both his observations in terms of Rosa route and the possibilities there and the advice to his younger self about being proactive and owning it, which he also passes on to those he's mentoring. He is a go-getter and that's something for all of us to admire. Overall, nothing has changed. If you find the podcast to be of value, please subscribe, rate, and review. And then number two, this program is about empowering you through awareness and actionable insights in the areas of personal leadership development, entrepreneurship, and social justice. As you listen to the episodes, you're going to have questions, maybe hear some things that are new to you. All of those things are good, and I'm here to serve. You can go to the website, thecorelinksolution.com, and right below the show notes from the episode, you'll see a comment section. You can ask questions, mention challenges you face in the areas I mentioned, and even tell me what guests you'd like to hear from. Alternatively, you can use the social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, and I will respond. Thank you so much for linking up, and I look forward to seeing you next episode. Until then, be informed, be empowered, be accountable.